Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Abby. And I'm Amy, and we're pastors at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. This podcast is about the middle space in between Sundays. It's the place where we take our values, our faith, and our commitments into our everyday lives. Happy New Year, Amy. Happy New Year, Abby. I cannot believe it's already into the second full week of January of 2024. Yes, by the time people hear this, it'll already be in double digits of the month of January. That doesn't quite seem possible. No, not at all. Not at all. The last time we sat here to do some recording, we were recording the 12 days of Christmas. So I hope our listeners have had a chance to check those out. I don't know about you, Amy, but I really appreciated that conversation or that that series of conversations, almost even as a practice for myself of reflecting on Christmas and how it unfolds over time is not just a specific day or a moment yeah. in time. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was really aware this year of the season of Christmas and not mm. simply the day of Christmas. And I always have some awareness of this, that Christmas is a season, but because we had done that work and that conversation together, I was so much more attuned to that this year. And I really liked that. I really liked being attuned to the celebration of Christmas really as something more than simply a day or a moment. I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you feel, oh no, I missed out. Epiphany is also a great time to listen to the 12 days of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we are now into this season of light, dwell in the light of Christ and listen to those episodes. You can catch up wherever you listen to podcasts. But for today, Amy, what's on your mind? Yeah, I I have been getting reestablished in my uh, routines And as part of that, last week I was running some errands one day and I was listening to a podcast, which I often do when I'm in the car. It used to be music, but now it's always podcasts. Isn't that strange? I was actually just thinking about that. There's some sort of strange phenomenon that happens with my phone that the two CDs I had loaded into iTunes back in the day, probably seriously, when I got my first one, maybe 15 years ago turn on every time I get in the car and I don't know why or how I keep closing the app and it keeps resurrecting. So I keep turning it off and listening to podcasts. And I was thinking that about that just the other day of, I never listen to music anymore. I only listen to podcasts. Yeah. Anyway, future conversation. Anyway. Yeah. I was listening to, so I was listening to a podcast last week as I was running some errands And it was an interview with a writer, a poet by the name of Ross Gay. He is most well known to me for writing a little book called The Book of Delights. Hmm. He gave himself the challenge of every day for a year writing about something that delighted him. Hmm. And sometimes those were short collections, short writings, and some of the times they were longer, but a smattering of those uh, writings were collected into a book called the book of delights, which I have read and I've 
talked about at other past occasions. And hopefully but, you'll throw those into the show notes too. So if people are wondering where they could find that or want to learn more yeah. about that book. Yeah. Thank you. So. Yeah, I will do that. So anyway, I was listening to an interview with Ross Gay and he was talking more about this idea of joy and delight and where does that come from and what does that look like in the world? And he referred to this word entanglement hmm. and he talked about relationships as the ways that we are entangled together and that the delight that comes from entanglement and I have not been able to stop thinking about that word entanglement. I have been, it has been the lens through which I am thinking about everything that we do in the life of the church, the ways that we live as followers of Jesus. It's just, it's become like one of those prisms that has opened up a whole new facet of a way of thinking about mm. church and ministry. I'm really drawn to that idea that that part of our call as people who follow Jesus is to become entangled with each other, not just being company and walking alongside each other, like in a parallel pattern, but like really having our lives become intertwined with each other. So uh, yeah, that's what I have been reading and thinking about. And I just keep coming back to that idea. And then as I do other reading, that word of entanglement keeps, it's like the lens through which I am seeing everything right now. Hmm. It's interesting as you speak, because all I keep thinking about is how hard we work not to become entangled with others. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think you're absolutely right. But I also know that in the places of my life where I am entangled with others, like there is a richness and there is a, yes, it's hard, but there is a fullness that exceeds, again, the sum of its parts. It's bigger than the pieces when in those places where I have been able to entangle myself with others. I agree. I, that's been my experience too, although seasons perhaps of joy and seasons perhaps where it is joy is a little harder to find. But I keep Going back to this question, if entanglement is so fulfilling, then why do we love our boundaries so much? Why, what is it that, why are we so drawn to keeping our distance? Oh, I don't want to get too involved. That's not really my place. Um... Yeah, I think there's probably as many reasons as there are people in this world to answer that question on a practical level. Sure. I think if I think about my own life and my own experiences, there certainly is a piece about vulnerability and my kind of resistance to being vulnerable and really entering into that place where people are going to 
see more clearly the rough places of my own life. And so th- mm-hmm. there's a real reluctance there. I also so think- the realization that entanglement is not a one-way street. Right. And and so there's a there's an exposure that comes yes. with being there's- entangled. Yes, I like that language. There's an exposure that comes with being entangled. And sometimes I am reluctant to expose myself in that way. And then I think the other piece for me that I'm really aware of is that I am afraid that if I expose myself to people and conversely, they expose themselves to me, that I might not be enough for the moment Mm. that there's something uh, that I won't have the resources or I won't have the capacity to be present for them. And even as I say that, I'm like, yeah, but if I'm in, like, I know that I know intellectually, if you're entangled with people in a really deep way, my experience has told me it is enough to just be with people and to be present in the ways that we can be present with people in those moments. But my heart of hearts, the fear that I live with is that won't be enough, that I won't, that I won't be enough, that what I offer as a human being won't be enough. Yeah, that's a real mm-hmm. fear that I live with. My mind is going to an image. If there's a sense in which we're all drowning, Like we all know we're in over our heads and this idea that the way out is through each other. Yeah. That entanglement. My, my mind has gone to my lifeguard training days a number of decades ago now. And one of the first rules of being a lifeguard is if somebody is drowning, you do not get in the water because they will take you down with them. Yeah throw them your flotation device, you reach something they can grab onto, you do anything you can other than get in the water with them, if at all possible. And I wonder if that kind of speaks, sometimes we misapply that to our relationships with others, that worry of they're going to take me down with them. And maybe it's connected to your sense of that not enoughness, but Mm -hmm. man, if I'm over here barely keeping myself afloat, if I get all tangled up with that other person, we've got no hope. We're just going down. But I also, as you say that, I'm like, I'm really aware that in those places in my own life where I have felt like I am drowning, people who see me (laughs) and even acknowledge, I see you struggling. I see you drowning. I see you trying to claw your way out of this that is life-giving. That is the flotation device in those moments that keeps has kept me, kept my head above water long mm-hmm. enough until I can be saved in a real practical way. I, I know that and I have experienced that, but I, I think that, I think it, I think that's a fear. I think that's a really real fear. If someone is drowning, I don't want to get pulled down into that also. Sure. I also think if that, so if entanglement is in some ways synonymous with discipleship, that one can't be a disciple, one can't follow Jesus without getting mixed up with Jesus followers. Yeah. There is a very countercultural reality to that. And most of us are formed primarily or firstly 
by the world in which we live, which is teaching us independence. It's teaching us to value making it on our own, stealing ourselves and putting on a tough facade. So what we are doing here in the church then really becomes countercultural. Yeah, in a very a very real way and it also it's explains why it's hard it's hard and it's it's not just hard to become entangled but it's a lot easier to think about discipleship as do i believe the right thing have i memorized the creed have i do i know the things to say about who jesus is that's a, a much more secure way to think about what does it mean to be a disciple than to think that maybe the words I speak matter less than my willingness to come alongside and be entangled with others who are on this journey also. Yeah, but I also think it opens up the possibility that discipleship is about more than what we do. So it's Mm -hmm. certainly about more than our stated beliefs, like you just said, Mm -hmm. and it's more than a checklist of, did you give enough to the poor? Did you work, speak up enough for justice? Did you do enough work for peace? It really is it's about a sharing of lives in ways that are a lot less quantifiable. And I think there's a way in which that both raises and lowers the bar to discipleship, right? It broadens the sense of what a disciple is and does, but like we've talked about, it's still hard uh, yeah. and it still comes at a cost. That is, yeah, that is a, a setting apart from how so much of our country, our world wants us to operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And there's probably a lot more that I could say about this, but I'm still at the beginning of starting to think about it. I'm just really aware that this language of entanglement has really captured my imagination. And so I think it's worth feels like one of those things. It feels like one of those voices of the spirit. I can't say that I have heard voices before, but there are times when I hear voices, but not voices of the spirit necessarily. But it feels like one of those times when something so captures my imagination that it's worth paying attention to. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now is pay attention to what does this mean? Wonderful. And I'd like to invite our listeners to pay attention in the coming week. Maybe just with whom are you entangled? Just pay attention to who those people are and how your lives are interwoven. No judgment. No, oh, I should do or none of that. Just a paying attention. And maybe thinking about how those entanglements are a reflection, at least in part, of your work of discipleship. And we'd love to hear, as always, any of your reflections on that. Yes, 
Uh, yeah, we would. And I will be sure to put that reference to Roske's writing in our show notes so that if you want to explore more, you'll have the information to do that. Great. Thanks, Amy. Have a wonderful week. You too, Abby. We hope our conversation has given you something to sustain you between Sundays. Subscribe to Between Sundays wherever you listen to podcasts.